Welcome to Beyond the Donation, a podcast powered by DonorDoc. Our goal is to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies to further your fundraising and to teach you how to build your best donor relationships beyond their donation. Now on to the show with your host, Matt Bitsagai. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Donation. I am your host, Matt Bitsagai. I'm excited to be joined by Julia Devine of Divine Parker Consulting. Julia, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, very excited for our conversation. We're going to talk about donor journeys. But before we get started, uh, maybe you could just give our listeners a little bit of background about yourself and about Divine Parker Consulting and what you guys do. Sure. Okay, so we started our firm about two years ago. Actually, this week is our two-year anniversary. Um, Catalina and I both got into the nonprofit sector right after college. We both went to American University in D.C. And, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing that we sort of just fell into. It was the first job out of college. I was a development intern and um, worked our way up through uh, grant writing. And Catalina was doing some digital marketing. I eventually got to be a development director for a brief period. And then during the pandemic, uh, like so many other people I have found, we kind of did a little bit of a life evaluation and realized that the the job and the career and the stress of it all was just not exactly where we wanted to be. Uh, so we reevaluated. We were both like, we're quitting our jobs and we're going to go do something else. And then we were talking one night and Catalina said, you know, we've learned a lot. Uh, we know a lot about development. We know a lot about marketing. We Catalina has a, actually a master's degree in nonprofit management from Columbia. So we're like, why not just take what we know and, and put it into a business and do it for ourselves? We see so many other people doing this and we just thought maybe it's possible. So we took the leap and um, we've never looked back. We we just really enjoy it. And um, we found that it's a way to still serve the nonprofit community. Um but getting to do that on our terms and maximizing on the skills that we know best and that we enjoy doing. And, you know, a lot of what we do is aligning, aligning really our energy and like what brings us energy with the kinds of things that we can help nonprofits with. So uh, a lot of the digital marketing and donor journeys is really where that sweet spot has come in um, and helping people and nonprofits to build that out for their donors. And do you guys focus on a certain like size nonprofit or any uh, any specific um, you know types of causes, or are you pretty general as far as the you know the the customers that you work with? You know, it's changing a little bit um, at, since we're at the two year mark. We're kind of evaluating what we've been doing, and when we started out, we were working with larger nonprofits um, doing these big projects, and we uh, started the account where we actually met you guys where. Uh, is called Relatable Nonprofit. And we started that account about six months ago. And just we're using it as a way to engage with nonprofits online and build up an audience. We really didn't have a plan for it. We were just like, let's just start engaging with nonprofits. And we realized how many more small, just getting started nonprofits there are that are out there. And so we've been toying with different ways to bring our knowledge and expertise to this different demographic of nonprofits rather than just keeping it all for these enterprise level orgs. And uh, so we did just recently develop an online course called Donor Flow Academy that is uh, available online. And most recently, we've actually been toying with another new product, which isn't rolled out yet, but helping uh, current nonprofit employees who want to take the leap like we did 
to become consultants. Uh, so we're kind of expanding to that audience as well, because we think there's a lot of people who love nonprofit work. They love what they do, but they just don't feel fulfilled in their nine to five job. Um, a ton of women, a ton of moms. I mean, 80% of the followers that we have at the relatable account are women, I don't know, like 25 to 45. And that's our demographic and we know mm -hmm. how they feel. And uh, so we are actually trying to shift to help those individuals stay in the sector, but do it in a way that works for their personal lives as well. Oh, very cool. Um, well, I know our theme today, we're, we're really wanting to focus in on donor journeys. So uh, before we get started, I always find sometimes it's good to just kind of level set and make sure that people understand what we're what we're even talking about. So can you give kind of just a brief overview of when we talk about a donor journey? Like, what is that? What does that mean? And why is it important for nonprofits? Yep. Yep. So traditionally in development language, you're talking about something called moves management. So, and it's the same thing if it's a customer journey for for profits, but it's acquisition to cultivation, stewardship to that solicitation, making a gift. And then stewardship again, where you kind of rinse and repeat and you keep building that relationship over and over and over again, retaining these donors and moving them through different brackets or tiers of support for your organization. So loosely, the donor journey is that. But what we really are talking about and why we use the language donor journey uh, instead of moves management is because we want to get nonprofits thinking from the donor's point of view. And from their perspective, engaging with the organization, uh, a lot of times you hear from fundraisers and nonprofit executives, they're like afraid to engage their donors. They don't want to, oh, we don't want to beg for money and we don't want to, you know, we feel weird talking to our donors, but um, flipping the script and thinking about it from the donor's point of view, how they found your organization, what brought them to your website or to an event or to volunteer or to follow you on social media, like what got them interested and then what ultimately compelled them to make a gift and then keep them coming back. Um, thinking about it in that way kind of takes the pressure off of just being like, oh, we just have to ask them for more money. No, it's more about what is lighting them up when they interact with your content that makes them want to keep coming back and supporting you. So that's what we mean with the donor journey. And what that translates into with strategies and tactics is sort of building a pretty digital at this point, but a streamlined um, map of what happens from point A to point Z when they interact with your your organization, whether it's social media or the website or what have you. What happens to them after they make that first conversion? Do they go get a confirmation email? Do they go into a welcome series? When is the next time you're going to make contact? At what point, at what gift level do you call them personally and say thanks and set up a meeting? So moving them through those tiers, um, but just thinking about it from the donor's point of view, because I think that gets missed a lot of times. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So you touched on in kind of your introduction, telling us a little bit about yourself that um, you guys have also seen that there's a lot of like small startup style nonprofits or just, just smaller organizations. And some of this stuff that you're talking about with donor journeys might sound almost out of reach for those organizations. Like, do you have any thoughts around, you know, maybe young organizations, they don't have a lot of donor data yet, for example, or information about their donors. How, how can they kind of begin this process? Like what's step one for them? 
Yeah, so we actually have this awesome new kind of framework that we learned about from another business that we're friends with. And um, it's in informational interviews. There's no pressure. You're not selling them anything. You're not asking them to make a donation. But it's something that we did when we started our business. And it's something that for-profit, nonprofit, you can use really effectively. But reaching out to your network and just asking for 15, 20 minutes of their time. If you have a handful of donors, that's great. Reach out to them. But you could reach out to aunts and uncles. You can reach out to you know family, friends, uh, teachers, uh, colleagues, anyone in your network because nonprofits affect so many people and so many people engage with them in ways that you might not even be aware. Um, so many people I talked to, we just talked to someone a few days ago or she never had heard of a nonprofit before until her son was actually diagnosed with childhood cancer. And all of a sudden, all of these nonprofits appeared and they had all of these resources for her to help him. And so you just don't know all the ways that people in your life are engaging with nonprofits. And if you could just ask them, hey, can we have 15, 20 minutes? You have a couple questions prepared and you ask them, do you know what a nonprofit is? What comes to mind? What kind of issues have you supported? Why have you supported those issues? What has compelled you to make a donation and keep coming back? What, if anything, has deterred you from making a gift a second time? And a really nifty trick that we learned from our friends is recording that and taking the transcript after. And you just copy and paste the transcript into a Google Doc and you start highlighting it after the fact. And you can pull out these really excellent nuggets of information that uh, the person you were interviewing shared with you about their experience, their journey, what they love about their favorite nonprofit organizations and why they give to them. And that is going to start helping you to build up a portfolio of just great feedback. And then that's going to help you guide your own uh, journey building. Have there been certain elements that you've kind of seen be really effective in building? So I think that's really good advice um, to, to talk to people to gather that information. But what are some of the key things that that you guys have seen kind of contribute to that positive experience that could you know give give our listeners a, a bit of a head start? Yeah. So two words come to mind: it's recognition and relationship. And so for every conversion point that you have in your donor journey. Let's say it's the donation page. A lot of times they come to your website, they go to the donation page and it's like a checkout form. What does that experience look like? And what happens after they make the gift? And when we take on a client, that is the first thing that I do is I go to their website and I make a donation. And a lot of times nothing happens. It's mm-hmm. just like a blank screen after you get an error message, you don't get an email, you don't get anything. And it's you know, it needs any relationship needs to be two sided in your personal relationships. This is obvious. This should be obvious for nonprofits as well. For every action, there needs to be an equal reaction. There needs to be recognition of the action that was taken by the donor or supporter. So if um, if they make that donation, they should be getting an emailed receipt right away. There's there's really no excuse for that. There's so much free technology out there that makes that super simple to automate and you don't even have to touch it then they should be getting enrolled into some kind of email marketing program. And you should have some kind of annual schedule for engaging them throughout the year. Even if it's quarterly, it doesn't have to be complicated. They just have to have something throughout the year that's going to keep them um, engaged with what you're doing. Uh, And a lot of times, you know, it's about sharing impact. And I feel like 
it's become such a buzzword and you hear that and you're like, I know I have to share impact, but what does that mean? And, uh, you know, you have to think without overcomplicating it. What did we do recently? What feels, what is a victory that we could share? And sometimes because you're behind the wheel of driving the nonprofit, you don't see those things as victories because you're like, oh, we wanted to raise 20,000, but we only raised 15. We, we didn't make it. You raised $15,000. That was a lot of people that gave. So stepping back and bringing in outside eyes if you need to, to just kind of understand what your little victories are and making sure that you're incorporating those into the journey and communicating back to the donors and to the supporters who are, who are following you what you're up to, what you're doing, so that they are keeping, you're keeping top of mind throughout the year. Yeah, really good tips. And I think, um, absolutely agree on the, um, the idea of some of these kind of lowest common denominator things that really should be a part of it. Um, what are some of the big challenges that you run into when it comes to trying to, you know, create and or execute on donor journeys? Cause I would guess that, the consistency of execution, honestly, can be one of the challenges. But like, what do you guys see, you know, when it comes to the the harder things, the challenges related to this? A lot of times it's the tech. And okay. it's really, and I'm sure you guys have seen that and experienced that all the time with the products that you provide. But, and it's not really always the nonprofit's fault, because I think the evolution of all technology, but specifically nonprofits, you know, they're late adopters, and it's usually the last to the party with their technology. Um, it's kind of uneven, it's clunky. Some things were built out for one purpose and then they try to roll out a new product and it just doesn't really land. And what you end up with are nonprofits. Um, I mean, anyone, I mean, I've bought softwares before that promise certain things. And then when you get inside, it like doesn't really do what it said it was going to do. Uh, so just not having access to a ton of really great tools, but there's more and more out there. And I think you guys, you know, you're obviously working on that, um, being this tool that meets the needs of a comprehensive nonprofit development and marketing program. Um, but the technology adoption is usually a problem. And the reason it is specifically is because of data silos mm -hmm. uh, that create gaps in the programs. And so after I... <laughs> make a donation on their website for clients. The second thing I do is I go down to the bottom of their website to the little box that says sign up for updates. And I put my email in and then I ask them, so what happens when I put my email in? Where does that go? And it's a super simple example, but no one ever knows. Yeah. Like, does it go to your email marketing software? Is it an embedded form that goes to enrolls them into your welcome series? Does it go into your CRM? Does it go into a Google spreadsheet? And it's like, uh, I don't know, the web developer set that up like two or three years ago, and yep. uh, I'm not really sure. So anyone that signed up through your website, through that little form at the bottom, they just went to Never Never Land. Mm -hmm. And you missed an opportunity right there where that person found your website, tried to sign up, tried to ask you for information. And it kind of, you know, it reminds me of like bad websites when I'm trying to buy something or yep. when I'm trying to pay a bill. This, I, this just happened to me. I was trying to set up my electricity bill, my new apartment. And I'm like yelling at the computer. I'm like, I'm trying to give you my money. Mm -hmm. Like, just let me give you my money. And the, the, it freezes. It's just bad. It's a bad experience. So that's for something I have to pay. It's a bill. Right. For nonprofits, for, for donors, they don't have to give you their money. Yep. So if you're, if you're just not 
streamlining and then cutting out those gaps and reducing the friction, um, you're going to miss so many opportunities to engage people who are already raising their hand and saying, hey, I want to support you, but you're like not letting me in. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the big thing I see. And it has to do with technology and it has to do with just a lot of confusion around how that technology works and linking together your CRM with MailChimp with QuickBooks. And, and, and it's it's annoying and it, yeah. it should be easier. And I think platforms like yours are working to try to make that easier. So it's a good thing. People know it's a problem, but sometimes it can be hard to overcome. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it, it really speaks to you know why we started and built donor doc in the beginning and and what we've tried to really focus on as we've continued to improve it. But I think you make a really important distinction in what you said, like when you're going to try and pay a bill, like you have to pay that, like you can't, you know, so things that are optional, if it's hard as a, say a donor or a consumer trying to buy something, oftentimes if it's difficult or the experience isn't great, either you don't do it or you don't do it again after that from that same place. So I think that's really, really important to think about. Um, so let's say that I've, I've, I've got this um, donor journey, you know, we've really got it defined, we've started to we've, we've been able to execute on setting up technology to help us start to, to um, enforce some of this and do some of these things. What are some of the key metrics then that I should be looking at is when it comes to measuring if this is helping me or if this is successful for my nonprofit? Yeah, so it's of course going to depend on the kind of journey that you build, but I think taking a look at the conversion points and the different, you know, if it's a map, it's the different checkpoints where they're supposed to convert on some activity and looking at what that conversion rate is. So if it's your donation page, how many people are coming and leaving and not making a gift? And how can you fix that with better content, shorter copy, better colors, whatever it is, you can look up tons of resources mm-hmm. about how to improve that. Um, and then email marketing, which I think, I mean, I'm a huge proponent of email marketing. I think it's like the gold standard of what you should be doing. Uh, looking at your open rates, looking, testing your subject lines, um, definitely the click-through rates, Just just looking at, what emails do people like? Or if it's a social media post, if a certain post goes bonkers and everyone's liking it, like, what did you do right? And then if you see something getting sluggish responses again and again, your newsletter just doesn't get opened. It just, you know, people just don't seem to care about it that much. Is it your subject line? Is it the content you're putting in it? Or is it just not what your audience wants? And being open to learning from those mistakes and just moving on and changing things rather than um, continuing to do it just because that's how we've always done it. And, oh, we have to have a newsletter because the board likes the newsletter is not an argument for why you should do something. Um, but those metrics, those are like conversion metrics. And I, I mean, I just have so much fun with it when we're sending out emails to our audience, like testing those subject lines and seeing, can I get it to 50%? Can I get it to 60% open rate? And mm-hmm. if I have like one email that's got an 80% open rate and it just... It's kind of fun, you know, so just testing those different things and, uh, but KPIs, key performance indicators, metrics, all of that, there's a million you can track and they're awesome and you should use them, but pick like three. Don't, don't like go crazy trying to implement a hundred little systems to track every single thing you guys do because you won't follow through. It's much better to just pick three checkpoints and look at those and just consistently monitor them and okay, we did this really well. 
because we could see the conversion rates are a lot higher on this particular email. Let's see if we can do that again. Makes sense. And again, you, you know, kind of touches on the need for technology solutions to help with these things, like trying to track those metrics without the right tools or tools that help you do it, I think can be something that's almost unattainable. So um, seems to be a theme there in what we're talking about that technology helps support these donor journeys for sure. uh, And, and making them successful. So um, our listeners might be listening in and trying to kind of think of some quick takeaways or actionable things that they might be able to like walk away from listening and and start thinking about or start doing. So what are some of those? Do you have a couple tips that you could give to like, you know, EDs or development directors that might be listening on how to get started on this stuff? Yeah. Um, going back to the beginning, those informational interviews are key. I mean, it's fun. You do it once a year, twice a year, you bring your team in on it. It's going to help you get rid of this sort of like imposter syndrome feeling when you haven't talked to your donors in a long time, you feel kind of afraid to approach them. You do this in a really casual, low pressure way, and you just pick their brains. It's going to boost your confidence a lot because they're going to give you all of this great feedback that you really weren't expecting. And I'm saying this like doing a couple this week with our own client base. It it just really like leaves you on a high when you leave that meeting and you're realizing people are paying attention to you and they are noticing the nuances of what you do and it gives you a whole lot of validation. So just for the warm, feel-good feeling that you get, and even if they give you bad feedback or they didn't like something, that's amazing. That's even better. That's That's awesome when they can say to you, you know, you sent this email and it really just didn't land with me. That's great. You can and see if you can find other people who felt the same way. Um, so that honest feedback from your stakeholders is that's where I would start. And uh, then I would just start looking at the gaps in your system, pull together all hands and sit down at the table and say, okay, what are all the ways that people find our organization? What happens at that first entry point? And you can kind of map it out. And if you use Canva or something like that, there's some nice, cute little customer journey maps you can use in there to just map out each point. And kind of like um like a decision tree, like if this yep. happens, you do this or do or like Cosmo. Well, yep. you, you probably don't do those, but like a little like Cosmo, like which dress should I wear to the prom? Blue or green? This or that? And uh, I I just always have found those so helpful to map their journey through your system. And then what you do is you just come up with a simple checklist once you've developed that, and you assign that to someone in your organization, maybe your executive assistant, development director, whoever. And once a month, they're running a diagnostic test. They're making a $5 donation and they're seeing what happens. What's do the they experience get, like? yeah. yeah. Do they get on the list? Because things break all the time. Mm-hmm. If you change a URL, you change a button, and all of a sudden something you thought was working hasn't worked in six months. But if you didn't test that, you don't know. Yeah. So um, yeah, once a month having someone run through that checklist and just make sure, okay, this works, this works, this works. Um, once you do that, you know, it's like the sky's the limit. You can keep adding to your donor journey as you develop the tools and as you get better at the basics and, um, you can start to, to make it more sophisticated from there. And I love that because we always, we always tell people a couple of things as well. Like don't, um, you know, there's a theme that we have, I feel like that comes up, which is like, don't, 
let the perfect be the enemy of the good. So yeah. like start with something that you can actually do and that you can execute on consistently and then never think of that donor journey as being something that's completely static. Like it should be something that's evolving as your organization evolves and as you learn more. And, you know, to your point, like sometimes the best information you can get is from somebody who doesn't like something that you did. And if they're engaged enough to tell you that, that actually is a really, really good thing. A lot of people, um, you know, if they have feedback that's not positive, if they're not really that engaged with what you're doing, they may just not even give it to you. And I think that's a really, really good thing to kind of point out there is that even feedback that might not always be positive can be really helpful and very powerful. So, um, so I'm guessing we have our listeners will probably be interested in learning a bit more about what you guys are doing at Divine Parker. So maybe you could just tell us if they're interested in finding out more, how do they connect with you guys? Sure. Yeah. So the best way to follow us and keep up with what we're doing is to follow the relatable nonprofit Instagram account. Uh, it's a lot of fun content. We kind of try to make light of the whole working in a nonprofit thing. Uh, so follow us there. We have our website is www.divineparker.com. You can, uh, if you're a nonprofit, um, definitely check out DonorFlow Academy. It's an online course. It's self-paced. We have all of our templates, all of our resources, everything that we use when we work with a client one-on-one. You can just take it and work through it on your own time. Uh, And if you are a nonprofit professional who's considering making the transition into nonprofit consulting, um, definitely get in touch with us. We haven't rolled it out yet, but we are going to be launching this training program based on our experience building a business and going full-time into consulting. And, uh, I think it's going to provide a lot of value and help people really pivot in their career without um, having to leave the sector. So awesome. And I will say too, uh, for members of the um, Donor Flow Academy, you can also get 25% off your first year oh, yeah. donor doc if you uh, if you want to take advantage of that bundled offer. So definitely check that out. Julie, it's been really great to have you. I love talking about these topics. Uh, you obviously have a lot of uh, expertise in the area. So I would definitely recommend to our listeners to check you guys out and to learn more. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date for future episodes. We have a lot of really compelling guests like Julia coming and a lot of other really, really great topics. So uh, you're not going to want to miss that. Thank you for joining us today, Julia. Thank you again for taking the time to do this. And that's another episode of Beyond the Donation. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Beyond the Donation podcast. We're grateful you tuned in today. For more information about our guests and to view the show notes, resources, and links from today's show, head over to beyondthedonation.com. Here's to furthering your mission and driving more impact beyond the donation.